0: welcome to our new patreon members christopher ryan and matthew as a thank you for their support based on their chosen level they receive a weekly update early access to episodes and more find out all about that and the other opportunities to receive exclusive access to the show at patreon.com slash permaculture podcast with 2018 coming to a close in a few weeks consider including the podcast in your end of year giving you can do so online at paypal.me permaculturepodcast or by sending something in the mail. The Permaculture Podcast. P.O. Box 16, Dauphin, Pennsylvania, 17018. This is The Permaculture Podcast. I'm Scott Mann. My guest today is Carl Treen of Food Forest Card Game. He joins me to share where his life has gone since our interview last year. A longtime permaculture practitioner, Carl is one of the people whose work I follow off-air, as I find quite a bit of inspiration from what he's doing with his card game and implementing his designs in an urban environment where he lives in Rhode Island, near the Atlantic coast here in the United States. Though we've never met in person, knowing Carl as I do, we wound up talking as soon as we connected without a formal start to the interview. As a result, what you're about to hear drops directly into the conversation, but is not where we began, nor ultimately where we ended. Where we do pick up is shortly after he shared that he had moved to a new house with a larger yard and how this change influences his permaculture work. Along the way, we talk about a variety of things, including different uses for his card game inside the permaculture or school classroom. Accepting that we can't know everything and with that, what we can do to be better teachers and designers. And why Instagram is our favorite place to learn and share new ideas. And Carl recommends some folks worth following. Enjoy this casual conversation with Carl, and I'll join you again afterward for final thoughts and to announce a new giveaway. With this move to the new house and some of the other work that you're doing, and as you were saying, that kind of focus on that zone zero because of how much time you spend in the home, is that influencing where you're going with the Food Forest card game and some of the thoughts that you're developing there for new cards and ways to approach permaculture design through play?
1: It has a little bit, actually. And I was just thinking about that today because I was realizing I've got the compost card in the game. And I was thinking, man, you know, I wish that I had put in a worm composting card. And that's really the direction that I'm going with my composting. And so, because, you know, I guess that's in my last space, I had the sort of the standard four by four compost bin, which Every so often i 'd have enough stuff to put in there and do the real hot composting process, but I'd also just have this build up and build up and build up of organic matter which was breaking down slowly, not really composting probably I was losing something out of that and with the worm composting stuff, I am able to at this point, after a few years of kind of getting used to how it's done basically compost all of our vegetable scraps um, most of the paper that comes through our our house from either you know cardboard boxes that come with deliveries or junk mail and that kind of thing and so it all goes into this this worm co- composting situation which i don't know you know i think it, i think I, I i kind of wish i'd uh, i put that card in there but then i was working through my mind you know how does that exactly fit into the the situation what does it what does it go near this summer we had an outdoor worm bin We've also had continued with indoor worm bins because I'd, bringing outdoor worms back inside is tough because you get, uh, here we're getting black soldier fly larvae, And I could set myself up to handle processing the black soldier fly larva as well, but I, I haven't really gotten into that. And, you know, maybe someday, but I don't have the animals to, to consume the, the larva. So it's almost not quite my thing at this moment. Although I kind of wish it, I look forward to incorporating that. End of my process now that I know that Rhode Island, you know, despite some of the maps that I'd seen, is a good spot for collecting black soldier flies. So that's one card that I thought about. I've learned about new plants that I'd like to incorporate in my own yard. And I'm not quite sure if I would put which ones I would put in the um, in the card game. I've I've learned that in zone six where I am, there's actually a pomegranate that I can get to oh, wow. grow. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow, right? You're right. <laughs> you know, isn't that awesome? So that's something that I picked up in the last year or so and learned about plants. Like I'm starting to use, uh, well, I've been using for the last couple of years, caps. So honey berries. It's a honeysuckle, which you're probably familiar with, which, which has uh, edible berries off of it. And I've incorporated that in my last yard and in this yard, and that would be a card that I would definitely think, about adding. And so I haven't, during the last year, I think I'm coming closer to the point where I I might get back into the, the drawing of new cards and, and adding things. But I've also been thinking about the language things. And we have a new uh, version that's going to be coming out just in the PDF format in Italian. I had intended my next my next translation to be Spanish, but I have a friend who speaks fluent Italian, she also speaks Spanish, so I tried to get her to translate it into Spanish. She said she wanted to do italian <laughs> all right we'll go italian and that's been that's been fun i just learning some of the uh some of the words in italian i don't speak any Italian, and I didn't really learn any of the words too much but but just seeing some of some of them in Italian is just such a beautiful language and I'm, I'm going to completely ruin this word, but a climbing plant is referred to as. Rampicante. And anybody who speaks Italian is just gonna laugh at me saying that. But I think it's just such a beautiful word that I just want to say it all the time. Rampicante. So <laughs> so, so that's some of the pleasure of, of uh kind of expanding the card game to new new languages, is just seeing how it's represented in a different in a different situation. But that's along the lines with new cards. I'm realizing that one of the things that's holding me up on a German translation is that the person who was going to translate it into German for me said, you know, we really would like to have German plants in this version. And I get it. You know, I totally get it, but it's such a commitment that uh, that I wasn't ready to move forward with that. So, so when we're thinking about new plants, I'm not necessarily, for the game, I'm not necessarily thinking about my own home. I'm actually thinking more about other people's environments. And so I'm going to have to figure out what's next. Is it, you know, Western Europe? Which seems logical because I do have a lot of people in Western Europe that are sort of following and who have purchased the game. So either in Italy or in Germany or, you know, elsewhere. So that almost seems like a lot more logical way because the first version was I kind of did a lot of plants that I knew Locally, and that I thought would translate into other zones, you know, and so next, I think I need to, you know, the other possible, the other idea is, do I do a real southern hemisphere version? I've kind of put out a, a quick and dirty southern hemisphere version via PDF where I just shift the shading from north to south. But that doesn't really encompass any new plants that they might have down under. And I know I've got people
0: there who would like to see that. And that points to many of the regional differences around the world when it comes to even discussing permaculture, because we may not necessarily have an analog for a plant that we know well in the United States somewhere else. Or even like a lot of folks, you know, it was one of the things that I liked so much about Patrick Whitefield's work is because it was so reminiscent of what I would find here in the mid-Atlantic or the northeast of the United States. Whereas a lot of what Bill Mollison was writing about, and even David Holmgren to an extent, is that until you stepped back or extrapolated from what they were working on, it was not directly applicable to where I lived, because we're not subtropical or tropical in any way. Until very recently, summers were relatively mild, other than the the terrible, terrible humidity in Pennsylvania and Maryland. But when it came to like dealing with really hot situations and some of those other things, it just didn't relate in the same way with the shorter growing seasons and everything else.
1: Right right and and I you know i I was inspired just by my own region, and I became interested in permaculture when I realized that this is something you could practice in the northeast and so I mean and I think a lot of people in this world live in temperate climates, so when I created the card game, you know I created it for temperate climate permaculture, but it's not really very applicable to you know people who live closer to the equator or in a, a very dry, hot climate. Um, the card game, that is. And so that's another thing that I have to consider is, you know, is there an addition to be created that works better for those environments? But those are, you know, we're looking at the future. I'm just one guy and doing doing my best here with with what is essentially a project more than a, a career at this moment. You know, I, I want it to be more of a career, but uh, so far it's, it's really just a public service.
0: But I think about, you know, if you were going to build something like that, the importance of having people who are experts within their region provide the right kind of feedback. Right. And so it almost, you know, the responsible thing for me
1: to do would be to go and live and work for a year or so in a different climate before embarking on that. Or I would have to rely very, very heavily on an expert from that climate if, if I wanted to do it responsibly. But it's fun to think about. And, uh, and so, yeah, but those are, those are some of the obstacles that I have to, to expanding it too much. Cause I, I don't want to talk about things i don't know any more than I already do.
0: So, and that even speaks to some of the kind of guru issues sometimes when it comes to sharing this information is understanding what we do and don't know as teachers and as students about who do we approach to learn this information from, because sometimes it's easy to run across kind of a slick website or a good pitch from somebody. But then as we dig into this kind of these kinds of things, we find where the holes are And sometimes are left kind of wanting when the people who we're relying on are trying to be more than they necessarily are sometimes.
1: (laughs) And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just, they're just trying to make a living, you know, and it's, it's a hard business to make a living in. And I find that doing what I do, people do tend to ask me questions. And I always try to respond, you know, my first response is, well, you know, look, here's, here are the limits of my experience with that. So I'm going to give you some places to look. For instance, there's this, this, this guy who's on Instagram who's doing this permaculture, or I don't know if it's permaculture, but just this this remake of a space that used to be a golf course. And uh, and he just recently asked me a question about, you know, how he would go about soil testing for that. You know, my first response is, oh, I would talk to your local extension service first off about soil testing. You know, and then you know, of course I started rambling on about all the other things that, that came to mind when I started thinking about his project and you know, and I need to try and I need to try and make sure that he also understands that this is stuff that I haven't I haven't I've never taken a golf course and turned it into a permaculture site before. So it's just my ideas, you know, a stream of consciousness. But I love talking about it, so it's hard for me to shut up sometimes.
0: Well, and that's where I really enjoy a lot of this work as well. And speaking to yourself and others who I've gotten to know over the years is that we can talk about the unknowns in a comfortable way and be working through these different ideas and opinions that we have that are based on the experience that we do have and how they might be applicable elsewhere. But at the end of the day, still being able to say, you know, this is just the best of my knowledge. I really don't know. Or, you know, here's somebody else who I would recommend you go talk to because they probably know more about this particular piece of it than I do.
1: And I love being able to pass people on to really knowledgeable people. That gives me a lot of, a lot of pleasure knowing that I at least have that, you know, I at least have that connection and can point people in the right direction to hopefully help to be a bit of a hub of, of knowledge, even if I'm not a great sage myself.
0: Yeah, I think as much as I've helped people with designs and getting them the information that they needed to go somewhere that really, at the end of the day, my expert as a permaculture practitioner is in the people that I know, not necessarily what I know from any of the books or anything else. Right. And you can't, you can't know everything about everything. There's just so, so many things
1: and so many humbling experiences when you're trying to deal with something as, as, as uh,
0: vast as, as the world of you know, plants and, and nature and all that. So, And the more that this grows and we have interest from so many different sectors, the the larger the permaculture community becomes from dealing with social issues and land access questions to something as, I don't want to say as simple because it can be incredibly complex, but, you know, how do I grow a particular plant? Sure. And that's why I like things like what you've done with the card game is that it's a simple way to sit down and start to explore some of these relationships and different ideas. And from what you've shared with us so far today and with like your PDF editions, and as a long time gamer, I think of like DLC and expansion packs and all these different ways that we can extend what we have and the opportunities that are present for someone who is in South America to talk about what plants might be possible for a future edition or for a South American version or for a Spanish edition and the way that we can take these ideas that you've shared and presented with us and create something new uh, from that base that continues to expand our understanding of permaculture and these relationships.
1: Absolutely. And you know, one one of the ways that I try to facilitate that is I do have a PDF. I I think it's available on the website of um, just blank cards, so you can take that and download it and you've basically got all of these cards that you know, don't have a picture in the middle they don't have any of the the inputs and outputs darkened and you can go through your own process of creating your own deck of cards and i'm really really hoping that somebody will do that and then say carl would you please create this for me you know and uh and then of course then the pressure would be on but um But that would be, you know, but I just, I'd like to see people doing that in the classroom in other regions where, you know, perhaps it doesn't make sense to plant some of the things that I've, that I've got there, you know, maybe create their own cards, swap out the cards that don't work with ones that they've created, or use it as a classroom project where, you know, you, every child in the class gets to draw two different plants and describe them, and then you try to play with the cards and try to you know, connect them and see what you can come up with for your school garden. I feel like just the connectivity of the game, of the format, is just a great brainstorming tool. And that was the idea, you know, initially, was I was just sort of brainstorming with kids in the classroom about, you know, telling them about stuff and trying to explain the connections. And, you know, I could see kids sort of, you know, their their minds slipping away to, to other things they were interested in. But when you get them involved in actually playing with something that's hands-on, then they start to really get it.
0: And I also think about that as a permaculture teacher having gone through several PDCs with students. The way that, that we're always looking for hands-on kind of activities to take the theories and principles that we're talking about and putting up on our blackboard and turn them into something that the students can interact with. And that's one of the places where I find some of the games that you've already created are useful. But then also from like my teacher training, there were some games that and hands-on activities that we went through. Things like, you know, you start with a couple of plants and then you have to work with the people in your group without talking in order to build the right relationships for your design. And the way that we can, with just a simple deck of the Food Force card game cards, be able to do something like that as well, just to deal out a couple of cards to each student. And then, you know, without talking, put them together into a functional design. Oh, that's a
1: neat idea. See, I love, I love hearing these things that people do. And every so often I hear, you know, somebody who's using the cards in a way that it had never even occurred to me. And it just, it it just blows my mind. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. I put out planted the seed and it's grown into this, you know, wacky plant over here that I never expected. You know, I had somebody who said that they they used the cards for um for just uh, very very young kids who couldn't really understand playing the games, but just they would hide the cards around the room and have a scavenger hunt for different kinds of plants, and that kind of thing. It was just random things that people have uh, have done with them that I'd never even it never even occurred to me. So, so that's
0: that's fun to hear. Since the last time we talked, have you been developing some new games of your own that the deck can be used for or more just talking with others and seeing what they're doing? When we
1: left off, I just recently launched um, that uh, Homesteader game. And I don't know if I've put out any of my new ideas on the website or if I've just sort of in the process of Writing them down, you know,' written them down, but haven't gone any further with it. I'm pretty sure I haven't, but it's possible that I have I was working on sort of a poker a poker style game that uh, that I thought would be fun, and I still think will be fun, but i it need, I think it needs a little more testing i may have I may have put something out there just for people to give me feedback
0: and this is where being in touch with you and following you on Instagram and elsewhere. I'm never quite sure <laughs> what I've run across in the time since we did talk, and then of course, because we we do the formal interviews like this. But then also being in touch throughout the year, sometimes the the more personal side gets a little lost in what we have or have not necessarily talked about or shared with one another. Well,
1: and I'm I'm really glad that we are in touch on Instagram because that is my new favorite venue. I absolutely love Instagram. It's a place where you can see other people doing things and it's so inspiring to see the pictures. And, you know, as they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. And sometimes it's so much I feel like it's so much more reassuring to see the projects that people are working on in pictures than necessarily to hear, you know, what everybody's thoughts are about everything that's going on right now or whatever. I really just I love watching uh, watching these projects develop, and I've met people through there. I've been doing plant trades with people. There's a place called Greenwood Farm in Pennsylvania. I recently did a swap with them for some decks of cards, actually, for uh, mushroom spawn, and I'm going to get that going soon. Um, there's this guy up in Vermont who's given me so much great information. He's Veggie Garden Vermont is his uh, his tag there, and uh, and there's this guy in who's uh, been so inspiring to me in the UK. He's he's that vinegar guy on Instagram, and everybody in the world should be following that vinegar guy. Because this guy is such a pro with fermentation. I, he blows me away, the projects that he's working on. So I really I hope that his uh, feed there can keep growing because he's getting so much good information. But I just love the interactions, like you said, with people on that format. And it just seems to be a, a real, you know, sorry, I've got a cat malfunction here. At this moment in time, when when a lot of things out there are negative, it just seems like everybody's going positive, or uh, most people
0: are going positive. Well, and it's what you speak to. I like Instagram as the social media of choice these days, not only because it's something where I get to kind of, not only do I get to experience the lives of the people who I follow in many regards, I don't feel, unless you're following some of the people who are kind of like Instagram famous... Most of the folks who I follow in the permaculture community and elsewhere, it's a much more insightful and realistic insight into what it is that they're experiencing because it doesn't feel like a best of. It doesn't feel like it's all of the vacation pictures and everything else. It's somebody who is working on getting a particular plant to grow. And so they're, you know, asking some questions of people or it's someone on a road trip to go somewhere new. And so, you know, when their truck breaks down, there's a picture of their truck broken down, leaking fluid into the parking lot while they're trying to figure out their next steps. And it's just this like moment to moment kind of snapshots. And then the stories seem to be even more personal when you get to see what people are doing in and around their homes and elsewhere in ways that are just feel a lot more human, I think, than some of the other formats that have become more and more commercial.
1: Yep. And I think there's a. This- there's a certain amount of, you know, yourself that you're giving away when you start doing pictures. And, you know, in the case of some of the things I'm doing on, on there, some short videos where you, you're really, you know, not everybody chooses to to physically appear in their pictures or the videos, but you almost have to, you have to be very human in those situations because at least in my case, all I've got is a smartphone. And yet I'm trying to get across a point about, you know, maybe sea kale, you know, I, I love sea kale or ground nuts or, you know, some other plant that I'm you know currently in love with and talking about, but you also, you know, you, like I had one short video that I put out there this summer on the squash vine borer as they were attacking my squash vines. And I was going in there with a, a utility knife and, you know, and slashing uh, like, uh, along the grain of the, the squash vine and, you know, Getting these these little maggots out of the out of the vine, and in that case, it was kind of a, an epic fail for me because the the squash vines had become infested with with these things. You know, so it's revealing in that way, but uh, also hopefully instructional to people who you know didn't realize this is why their squash vines were dying. You know, so you can you really get personal in a in a revealing kind of posit- I feel like positive way most of the time on Instagram. So I, I just I just love it. I, and since I've been doing it, I've really gravitated away from Facebook and onto Instagram. I still put some things on Facebook, but for anybody out there who's following me on Facebook, you know, look me up um, at Food Forest Card Game on Instagram, and I think you'll find more there.
0: And I'll certainly shoot a link over so people can find you on Instagram, and I'll also put one in there so people can find me as well. And then what are the other ways that people can find you? Like what's the website for the card game? Um, if people do want to find you on Facebook, do they just want to search for Food Forest Card game?
1: Yeah, you can you can search for Food Forest uh, Card game. The, the website is foodforestcardgame.com. You know, Googling the Food Forest card game should get you where you need to go. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I haven't done too much with other um, social media uh, sites. But, you know, I may expand in the future. Right now, I'm just, uh, I'm just really enjoying the photography and, the, and that kind of thing on, on IG. So that's where I focused. And the, one of the cool things, too, is that it's limiting in its, the length of videos that you can put on your regular feed. It's limited to one minute. But that has made me be really concise about what I'm saying. And anybody who's talked to me realizes that I'm not concise. And so it's such a good exercise, <laughs> such a good, I tend to ramble. It's such a good exercise for me to only have one minute. So on the website and on Instagram, I've got this unboxing video of the Food Forest card game. And it basically tells, you know, it tells the different things that you'll find in the Food Forest cards. You, you, you know, it shows me opening them up, had to keep it to one minute. And so just the cutting process of that, really 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 made me think what is important here what will people be able to interpret just you know visually what do i actually have to say in words and then i did one with the picklet game which is really the most the first game that i created for the food forest cards so there's on my website there's a, a 1 minute video it's in sort of a the picklet game summed up in 1 minute which i hope isn't too fast but the cool thing about a 1 minute video is you can watch it 5 times in five minutes. And so I feel like, you know, people can learn, maybe pause it if they need to absorb something visually, but it's short enough that for our reduced attention spans uh, these days, it's good. And so this is one thing that Instagram has made me do is be more concise because I just am not um, on the whole. So so that's been good. And I, so I've been trying to do that with all my videos, just how, how short, how concise can I be?
0: And thinking about being short and to the point, when we originally set this up, we were only talking about maybe a 20 or 25 minute interview to catch up. But before I take up the rest of our afternoon, not only catching up, but also talking about these themes and ideas for the formal part of our conversation today, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience when it comes to permaculture, the food forest card game, or just really any thoughts about this work? Just one thing I've been thinking about recently, and seeing seeing projects that people
1: are taking on around the world, and some of them are so impressive. But I feel like for an individual like myself, or you know, who is learning about permaculture, I think it's really important to start small. And so, if you if you've got ten acres and you think I'm going to make this into the most amazing permaculture site, if you haven't worked with big sites before I would encourage you to start small and so I found that even the the small I've I'm working on my third spot at this point my third site right now and I feel like I could go on working with the other two sites that I've done one is at a school and one is in uh, a yard that I still manage but I don't live there anymore I feel like I could go on for five more years with each of those sites and not have finished everything that I could do, you know, maybe a whole lifetime in a 10th of an acre. And so sometimes starting small, you can do so much that I I feel like people should start small wherever they are and then build up to big. I'd like to pass that along, you know.
0: You make me think that confidence is a series of small successes. And so that by starting small and doing a little, it can give us both the knowledge and the understanding as well as that early boost to be able to keep doing the work as opposed to going out and trying a lot. And then if you know you have a field of something die or the weather pattern changes unexpectedly and all of a sudden you have a flood that has never occurred before and wipes everything out, uh, that that can be kind of devastating in a way that losing a single tree guild or a single garden bed is not.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people also have to think about, what is it that I really need? If you're creating this vast surplus, then you're going to have to create a business around that surplus in order to to get it out to the community. Whereas if you really are just shooting for what you and your family might need and what you can manage at harvest time, you know, one or two small apple trees more than enough you don't need a whole orchard of apple trees and you know other things you that you can plant that are more successional you can fit into a small space yeah if you have a big orchard that's great but then you need a big business plan whereas personally and i think a lot of people are approaching permaculture for you know what what am i going to be able to create for my for my family and for my my community locally you don't need a lot of space for that And so so that's, you know, for myself, I've you know I've had a few things that have come in such abundance that I didn't know what to do them with them. But on the whole, I think I've been able to manage it where, you know, without planting too many of the same thing, where you can have a nice variety and it's you know, you can make it last over the whole season. And and because you can stack in time and in space. And, you know, in other ways, in a small space, you can get a lot out of it. So, you know, one has to be clear about one's goals when one begins a permaculture project. Do you want to go into business selling apples or your food or do you just want to have a nice succession of foods throughout the season that are appropriate for your family and your friends and community?
0: Well, thank you for that, Carl, and for taking time out of your schedule to sit down and catch up with me. I always enjoy the times that we get to talk, and there's a lot here about creating abundance and how we can share and learn that I think is really valuable to continue this conversation about what permaculture is and what it can be. So thank you for adding your voice to that. Oh, it's my pleasure, Scott. I always love these conversations. And that was Carl Treen. Find out more about him and his work at foodforcecardgame.com. While you're there, pick up a couple sets of cards as stocking stuffers for the holidays and to introduce your friends and family to permaculture design. I also recommend following Carl on Instagram. As we mentioned there at the end, you can find him at Food Forest Card Game. In his feed, you can also see images from his mushroom logs, which he inoculated a few days after recording this interview in early November. You'll find links to his Instagram account, his mushroom project, and the people he mentioned worth following in the show notes. To go with this interview, I'm giving away a deck of Food Forest card game cards and a copy of Mary Abelhoff's Worms Eat My Garbage. You can find that giveaway by going to patreon.com permaculturepodcast and checking out the posts, or by clicking the link in the resources section for this episode. I like sitting down with Carl to talk about his work because I find what he's doing, even after his many years of practice, reflect the experiences of other permaculture folks who work a job, have a little bit of land and are just doing the best they can. As with what he shared about composting and black soldier flies, we have many choices to make on what works best for us, our design, and our goals. Yes, he has the perfect start for growing the fly larva, but right now there are other places to focus his time and energy, and he doesn't have the animals at the moment to properly make use of them. Though he's studied permaculture, created a design and education aid for the community, and remains connected with myself and others he still finds inspiration in what others are doing. By focusing on a particular area of practice, he expands his knowledge and direct experience to become a deep resource for anyone who contacts him, while still absorbing what interests him from his own peers and mentors. Similarly, as I continue down my own path, my role is influenced by sitting in the chair as the show host, by having conversations with guests, reading latest books and newest articles, and more and more acting as a curator of information about permaculture. Though I have a lot of my own work that I've done over the years, in the landscape and through various experiments, I'd much rather pull upon all my connections to help you find the people, books, organizations, and resources that help you meet your goals. As one of my own teachers used to say, to be a guide on the side rather than a sage on the stage. As I stay in touch with Carl and others in the community, I'd like to have more casual conversations like this. We can learn so much more from the informal understanding of the day-to-day lives of others that are putting these ideas of permaculture into practice. If there's anyone who's appeared on the show in the past that you thought I had a good conversation with and you'd like to hear back on the air for something less formal, let me know. Call 717-827-6266 Email show at permaculturepodcast.com Or write the Permaculture Podcast, P.O. Box 16, Dauphin, Pennsylvania, 17018. From here, the next conversation should be my interview with mycologist Lindsay Bender of Field and Forest Products. Until then, spend each day creating the world you want to live in by playing games, applying design to your life, and taking care of Earth, yourself, and each other.